Craig, meet Miss Ho. Whole Kim, motherfucker. They're, they're just trying to be a smart ass. Nice to meet you, Craig. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they, they, something's going down with those essays across the street. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of activity. What kind of activity? Strange activity. I think they're running drugs from Tijuana. They, they don't believe me. Well, I ain't got time and got to go, Miss Hall. I'm just kidding. Oh, come by after work. I got the John Blaze shit for you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Peace out, Craig. Peace out. <laughs> yeah, bye. See you later. Oh. Hello, listening people. It's me. Yo. Ryan. Oh, it's me, yo. And my <laughs> co-host, Yo-Yo. I'm Yo-Yo. <laughs> yeah, you go up and down. I'm Yo-Yo Dog. Okay. I uh, Bartek, slow down. Up in the morning, down at night. Up, ooh. Well, uh, you know okay. me, not always, actually. Bartek's mum is listening. She she can tell me if this is true. Is that how it is? Do you say Bartek's mum? Bartek's mum. Uh, Bartek's mum. Bart- oh, Bartek, that's actually my real name. That's your real... Well, so, That's your street name. Yeah. Bartolomeo is my birth name. Okay, do you want to g- give us a rundown on why that is? Why did your mum name you that? Um, it involved a dartboard and a dart and a list of names. Oh, really? No. Why? Why that then? Do you actually know why you're called your name? Yeah, she apparently always really liked the name Bartek. Really? So she gave me Bartolomeo, and that's why I'm Bartek. So she prefers the Bartek rather than the full name. I believe like, that's the case. It's like naming someone Harold just so you can have Harry. Maybe. Right? maybe. Or Harrison and so you can have Harry. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Harry, but I guess I'll have to settle mm-hmm. for Harrison I'm, or Harold. I know that my, my sister in Poland, her yeah. name is Ola, which mm-hmm. is the basically the uh, Polish uh, equivalent of Alex. Oh. Um, uh, the... the f- uh, but she's not called like the Polish equivalent of Alexandra. Oh, and apparently my dad choosing and not the just Polish equivalent of Alexis. N- no, yeah. So my dad picking just the equivalent of like the shortened form is like an unusual thing. But it's like, mm. oh, that's interesting. Sometimes it's so unusual for people here in mm. the English speaking world. Sometimes sometimes people do just pick their names as like the shortened version. So mm. that's how it is. And like some people are just Ben so without being Benjamin. So you're not Ryanington. No, I'm Ryerson. Ryerson. <laughs> that sounds like a real like <laughs> detective name. Detective Ryerson here. <laughs> and I'm here to solve the case of why we're spitting in Polish. It's because I spit and Bartek is really Polish. I'm I'm Polish too, but Bartek's way more so. He's hairy. Well, it's Sunday, gotta go to Polish church. Yeah, yeah. See, see how Polish I am? See how Polish? Polish. I, I remembered not to go to church. I, I mean, remembered I rem- it I re- so you I, don't have to. I forgot yeah. to go to church. Oh, Really letting the Catholics down, I guess. Well, the Polish. The Polish Catholics, as well as the Poles. They are non-Polish Catholics, I guess, but who cares about them, right? Probably minority. <laughs> so we Poland are... is like the most Catholic country in Europe, I think. Outside of the Vatican? Well, Vatican's not that big, man. But per cap, like in ratio, the, the amount of the population percentage of them being Catholic is pretty high. We'll see what Poland has to say about that. Well, you're saying 100% of the population in Poland is Catholic and 99% in the Vatican are Catholic? Well, you don't think there are some people in the Vatican who are there for unsavory reasons? <laughs> the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but if you want to go there, okay. I'm Thomas, I doubt. <laughs> All right, we are here to talk about a movie that came recommended. Is that what we do on this podcast, Pictures mm-hmm. Powwow? Mm-hmm. You recommend a film, I recommend a film, then the listeners recommend a film. This time, it is the listening people's recommendation. On our YouTube, our good friend Dante recommended the Friday movies after we did Friday. We did Friday After Next, the third Friday film in the Friday trilogy. And to give a little rundown Mm -hmm. in history... You and I are not familiar with the Friday movies as much as other people. I have only seen Friday After Next before having to do the podcast. I grew up with that movie. It was in the rotation. 
and I never saw Friday or Friday or, or next, next Friday. Friday. I was going to say Friday after next again. Uh, and so we got recommended, hey, you should do those other Friday movies. You had not even seen a Friday movie before this podcast, correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. Had even, have, you, have you even heard of them before? I must have. You yeah. must have. It has famous lines. Yeah, I think maybe I've seen clips of it. Like, like damn, famous line. What was the one? It's like, you got something? Uh, some, you, someone gets knocked down. I think Chris Tucker goes into the camera and says, like, you just got knocked knock the fuck, the fuck out. out. Yeah, it, yeah. The dad says it in this one. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's what this is from. It's like, oh, it's probably from the first one, though. And the third one, too. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, uh, you were not even that familiar with the Friday movies. Possibly maybe a catchphrase or two or meme or image from the internet is from one of the Friday movies, yeah, but, but you I definitely, didn't know what they were about. Yeah, I wouldn't even been able to tell you what it was from. Did, would you even say who were in the Friday movies before actually being forced to watch one of them? Would you have known to say Ice Cube? Would you have known to say even Chris Tucker? Ice Cube would have probably been my closest bet, but even then, I don't know. There you go. So... Uh, to tie into history again, I could have seen the other Friday movies. This is another part of the mythos. Mm-hmm. We were getting videos and DVDs from the local video rental store when they were closing down because, remember, mm-hmm. they a bunch of them closed down because technology has changed and viewing of media has changed. So they were selling DVDs and we wanted the Friday trilogy uh, and so we sent my dad in to go get the Friday trilogy, and he came back not with the Friday trilogy, but a different film, one film. And we said, what about the Friday trilogy? And he said, oh, I saw it there, but I saw this movie. <laughs> and it was a movie none of us had seen or heard of, but we instantly rolled our eyes because it's a movie called The Astronaut Farmer, starring <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, and is about a retired astronaut. Who decides he wants to go back to space? So he builds a rocket in his barn, and and NASA and the CIA are trying to stop him. <laughs> but it's his sovereign right, damn it! So is this a comedy? And or guess a... what? No, 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 no. It's a serious like I was about to say drama. like midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah. And guess what his last name is? Oh boy, what is it? <laughs> farmer. Farmer. Oh, okay. And he's a farmer. It's like the voice actor for Goofy. Goofy. Isn't it like John Farmer or something? Oh, I thought you were saying... No, no, I thought when you said that, I thought it was going to be like, in the movie Astronaut Farmer, he is a farmer whose last name is Farmer. And yeah. when you said Goofy, I was like, what, is the actor's name John Goofy? And he does the voice of Goofy? <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to that realm. Fair enough. But, uh, so we got very mad at him because he is the type of person who will just watch anything if it has a sci-fi adjacent edge to it. Any trash. Any piece of shit. And we sent him in there with one thing to do, and he didn't fucking do it. And by the time we were going to go there next, the video, the the the, the Friday trilogy was gone. So we never got to, I never got to watch those first two Friday movies because Astronaut Farmer, which we've only watched once, and it was very bad, was way more important. So spitefully, I've never watched them. But now we're doing the podcast. Now you have to call your... Spitefully, <laughs> we're watching them in reverse chronological order. <laughs> now you have to call your dad and say, you know, in next Friday, they talk about the moon and going there. I'm sure. I'll take your word for it, Bartek. There was a lot of talking in this movie. <laughs> uh, so that is the roundabout history that I have. Uh, obviously, Bartek, what was your expectations walking in because we both enjoyed Friday After Next which is considered the worst of the trilogy it's the lowest rated it's often the most maligned it ended the Friday series but we both enjoyed it thoroughly yeah Sorab our guest also enjoyed it very much so so what was your kind of uh, thoughts going in so uh, very similar to you know previous times like even when we did Wolf Creek and I was like oh that was actually pretty good you're saying the first one's better that's gonna be a good movie um, I enjoyed uh, Friday After Next. It's an unappreciated masterpiece, so of course mm. I enjoy it. And a Christmas film. And a Christmas film, too. It's a hybrid. Um, and I had always heard, you know, always, around that time and shortly after that, oh, it's it's the last film in a trilogy and the first, I couldn't remember if it was the first or just the first two were better, had like a better actors in it or something like that. So I was like, oh, well, then surely it's up from here. Mm. So I was walking into this optimistic. 
I remember last week, I think it was on mic we were recording about like, oh, wasn't there like a change of actors in Friday After Next? And mm-hmm. no, it was a change of actors in this film. Yeah, I thought Chris Tucker was in this. Yeah. No, it's it's Mike Epps replaces Chris Tucker, basically. Or like, they're different characters, but he replaces his purpose in next Friday. So I didn't know that. I, I didn't realize that. I thought mm. he was the replacement in the third film. But no, no, Chris Tucker only did the one movie. And then apparently I read he became a born Born again again Christian Christian. and didn't want to. And also he became a movie star where he was doing movies where he earned like millions and millions of dollars. While the first movie he was paid, I think $5,000 to do it because (laughs) it was that ragtag and low budget and everybody's trying to work on this thing together. (laughs) Like, Like it was a real passion project film. I liked in the trivia, it also mentioned like there are only four characters from the first film returning in this one. It was a... Mm. Main character, the dad, uh, the villain, and Stanley. Which one was Stanley? <laughs> He's the guy that did the stinky poo-poo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was actually one of my favorite scenes. It's like, oh, this is the character I'm meant to know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll get to why that was my favorite scene in a little while. No, I, I, yeah, sure. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. But, uh, yeah, so so you had some somewhat high expectations or like positive yeah hopes for it hopes going in Mm. i mean what did you think you were actually going to get though so so that's kind of your emotional landscape but like you've seen the third movie it's a stoner comedy film that one's kind of got a specific location it's set in you kind of knew that one had a structure where ice cubes narrating the thing and he's like ah this is my friday what a crazy day like usually like the third one gave us the idea that they took place on a Friday, a singular day. But what did you actually think when you were going to come into next Friday? And you knew it was a second film, so it was obviously going to be, is this going to have some elements of being a second film in a trilogy? Yeah, I I was trying to remember all of the plot of the third film. Like, it took me a while to remember, like, oh yeah, it was like a Christmas film, and there was like a, a Santa villain mm-hmm. who's like going around stealing stuff. There was Money Mike, there was uh, <laughs> Terry Crews. So it was like this this assortment of, you know, wacky uh, African-American characters um, giving very uh, energetic performances, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of very, you know, it was a very black film. Yes, yes, yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. So definitely this kind of energy is what I was expecting. Like, oh, yeah, I don't see a lot of these. So. Well, one of the trivia points, one of the trivia pieces pointed out that this film, unlike Friday, actually featured some white actors in it. Oh, yes. Michael Rappaport was there. Yeah, and obviously Roach, the Roach. guy who played Roach, who's mm-hmm. a skateboarder guy who's in a, who was in a ton of stuff, even though he, he, he died young, but he was in a ton of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, I agree with you. I walked in expecting that kind of stoner humor, not so much an emphasis on plot, but rather characters kind of bouncing off of each other. I was also preparing myself for the structure of it being all in one day, following Ice Cube. But I didn't really know that it was going to be such a reliance on the first film because Friday After Next is pretty self-contained. Like, you get a feeling like all these characters know each other, but there was that level of detachment in that third film where you could pick it up on its own and kind of get what you can from it. Like, oh... The third film doesn't explain who Pinky is at the very end, but I didn't care because it's like, at the end, it's a house party with all of these unknown people, so you could kind of excuse it as, oh, that's just someone and they know. Now I've seen the origin of Pinky, it doesn't really make a difference for me in that third film because the third film has such a wonderfully self-contained nature to it while this i really wasn't expecting it to be so referential to the first like you can tell even though we haven't seen the first movie that they are just directly quoting the first movie but obviously riffing on it with this character saying it instead or ice cube gives a look to the camera to let you know huh we played around with the usual thing that we did in the previous movie i wasn't I really wasn't expecting that level of sequel to this. Yeah, I, I really agree with you about the Friday After Next thing. <clears throat> uh, in the sense that when I watched it and, you know, I was told this is the third part of a trilogy, like, I wasn't really feeling that. Mm. I guess maybe maybe it was the Christmas thing doing it. But, yeah, something about it was just 
you know, this is this is the story we have. This is his wacky family that runs a chicken shop or whatever it was that they had there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, chicken's so good it makes you want to slap your mama. Yeah. Hey, mama, <laughs> what? And then he smacks. Yeah, her. and I do remember when I was researching that film, like reading up how people were, you know, really disappointed by Mike Epps because he wasn't Chris Tucker. And it's like, well, I don't have that comparison point, so I just found him fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I and I don't mind Mike Epps. I've seen him in. Many things, and he's always been serviceable. I, I wouldn't say he's ever been a standout to me in a, in, a, in any particular feature film. He's been. I've never gone, oh, Mike Epps, of course, but I've never gone, Mike Epps, really? And it's funny because Chris Tucker can be like that for many people. Chris Tucker, we talked about this in The Fifth Element, which mm. obviously features some actors from this film as well. Obviously, the villain. In this, uh, what was his name? Debo? Uh, Lister? Something. Tiny tiny Lister, the actor. He was the president in Fifth Element, mm-hmm. uh, who yeah. was having to deal with the, the big garbage ball flying at them. He was the, the, the president of that universe. Uh, so that was kind of cute. But like Chris Tucker's a divisive personality because he has such a cadence to him that it can be off-putting. Hence, many people hate the fifth element because he's full Tucker mode in that. So it's kind of funny that there are people who are like, oh, I'm really missing Chris Tucker. Because usually people lament him, like loathe him being there, but now him not being there is an issue. I find that rather interesting I guess to we, think about. I guess we need to find the Venn diagram of people that love Chris Tucker in the fifth element and people who love him in Friday. Mm-hmm. Would it be just one to one? I wonder. I think they would be very different. I guess in that sense, we might really like. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> well, tune in in another three years when we get to it. Yeah, three years and when someone recommends it. Well, 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 Dante recommended both of these movies. Oh, he did both? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I uh, did them in reverse chronological order. Well, that's For fun. spite. <laughs> uh, thanks, Dad. This is your fault, Dad. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't really enjoy this movie, honestly. Next Friday, let me down. I zoned out after a while. There was a whole sequence in the back half in which I just stopped paying attention. Like, I was trying, but they break into the 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 gangster guy's house, and there's the dog, and, and the father's there, and he tackles the guy near the garden, sh- and I just zoned out. And before I knew it, the movie was over. Mm-hmm. I just lost patience with it because I wanted to keep giving it the benefit of the doubt because there was little things that I found amusing in concept, but rarely in actual execution. I I didn't really laugh at this movie. The funniest thing I have from this is what I had in the third film and I have in every single film with this actor, John Witherspoon as the dad. I find him, he's very funny. Mm. So every time it was with him, I did laugh, but that's more on the actor's shoulders rather than the actual script. Like, the ongoing drama of him and his fucking hot sauce was amusing to me, but it was mainly because of him, his performance. His dedication to the His dedication yeah. to the bit. <laughs> like, I didn't necessarily laugh at a lot of his stuff, but it was, like, this guy is the character. <laughs> He's very endearing and funny and charming, and I'm, you know, what a loss he was... He's passed away only a few years ago, and he's one mm. of those guys where it's like, oh, you can't replace John Witherspoon. He was just one of those legends, acting legend. He was one of the main voices in The Boondocks, that television series. He was in these Friday movies. He was even, yeah, talk about actors' connections. He was in Little Nicky, as was Tiny Lister, and there was a few others. So a lot of these Friday actors would kind of keep circling one another in these in these movies around this period of time as well. But I, there was things I liked in concept. Like I really liked the idea of the two, like convicts who have broken out of prison just walking around in their bright orange prison outfits just in everyday life and people kind of nonchalantly <laughs> reacting. But they didn't do enough with it. Like, the biggest laugh I got out of that, and I was hoping they were going to lean into it more, was just seeing them ride on a bicycle together with the little one on the handlebars. And I <laughs> thought that was amusing visually, but not enough for me to say that it was a well-crafted 
joke or running gag. Especially since, you know, the beginning of the film, let's say like the first 15, 20 minutes, like you do get, you know, them pretty frequently, you know, they've, they've broken out, they've got the hijinks with the orange uh, jumpsuits, mm-hmm. which I agree was also quite funny that they weren't changing out of them, even though they clearly had things underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there is like a variety in their scenery, but then once they get into the dog catching truck, it's like... We cut back to them occasionally, and it's just that they're cramped in there. One of them's freaking out, the other tells them to shut up. And they're the type of movie villains where once they reach the hero, the movie has to end. So what do you do with them in the runtime? You omit them as much as you can, because if you have, you have to come up with something. And they can't come up with something because realistically, the only purpose they serve is to get to the hero. And like I said, to get to the hero, you would have to end the story. So realistically, if you wanted to do something with them, they would get to the hero half an hour into the movie and then the movie's over. Mm. But they can't do that. So they just have them shelved for... 45 50 minutes and then they come out just to be easily defeated and then the movie ends on a positive ish note i can't think it might have would have been better if like we could do like a sort of team rocket routine with them but they just could never find the heroes mm-hmm. and yeah. just the whole movie is just them trying and failing and just you know more hijinks like the beginning the biggest laugh i had when it came to them and the dog uh, in the back of the thing with the dogs was uh, uh, the tiny Lister character now having been pissed off enough that he wants to murder the dad as well. Like, the dad's ineptitude of getting from place to place and him having the hot sauce thing has actually now motivated him to want to like the bad guy to want to also murder him as well as the son. <laughs> that was an amusing little moment of, like, the villain has gotten to this level where it's like, no, no, now I also want to kill the dad, who I previously had no beef with. Despite and the, the fact- dad has done nothing on purpose to cause any beef. He's just living his life. I just, I like that type of he, he also, comedy. He also ran into his friend. Now, that is very true. So there was that moment at the beginning, right, that felt very Pulp Fiction-y, where... Uh, <laughs> It was almost the Marcellus Wallace moment where, where the car just pulls up and there he is, this big black guy's like, motherfucker, and then they just drive over him. So I was, I was thinking of the actual very beginning of the credits. Oh, yeah. That threw me off so much. Like, did I acquire the director's <laughs> commentary version of this? Oh, I thought it was great. I no, I loved awesome. it. But I, I did freak out. I did, like, peek ahead in the film. Like, okay, it's not happening, so it must just be the beginning. It must be a joke. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was dead. <laughs> Riffin. Shit, I wrote this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but what did you think of the movie? I think I'm similar to you. There is a... I, I didn't have a a miserable time and I wasn't zoning out. Like, I was, I was actually having a decent time just, you know, watching it unfold. But I wasn't really laughing all that much. There were, mm. you know, a few laughs here and there. Um, but... I just kept thinking back on the the next film, Friday After Next, and thinking, like, that one was a bit more funny. It utilised what it had better. Mm. The characters were utilised better, the location was utilised utilized better, the, 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 the day itself, like the passing of morning to night, felt more slick and efficient, as well as it being Christmas-themed, was much more implemented. Here, there was a moment where, at the very end, his uncle, who was in Friday After Next, uh, but not in Friday, apparently, but uh, he was getting a back massage because he threw out his disc, and you had uh, Miss Miss, uh, Ho, as they joked about. Ho Kim, I think, yeah. uh, Yeah. Giving him a back massage, and I threw my hands up in the air and said, oh, yeah, she was set up in this movie and they didn't utilize her at all. Why did they even bother? Yeah, I remember that. I actually threw my hands up and went, oh, fuck, that's right. You were you were introduced and you seemed like you were going to be in this yeah, film you were, and then you, you were proceeded not to be. You were introduced in this comedy film. I was, oh, yeah, she's really funny. <laughs> yeah, and then they don't do anything. I remember there's this, I think it's when when Ice Cube goes home uh, when after uh, Day Day and the skateboarder get kidnapped. Roach, Roach get kidnapped. Um, and and like he he's talking to his dad, his uncle, 
uh, his woman, Sugar, Sugar, and then I think Miss Kim was also there, and I was like, who is this person? <laughs> Because she wasn't talking, she was just there without introduction. I was like, oh, and later on when she was giving, like, the massage with her feet, mm. it was like, oh, oh, that was her. This film really drops the ball on using its ensemble of characters, because I don't even object to any of them, it's just have less of them and have the ones that you do have more. So, the Pinky scene, Pinky just shows up and... I don't care. Like, he could be a cool character, but it's just a scene to have this character and nothing more with him. While in, again, those Friday purists are going to get annoyed at us because, again, we haven't seen the first one. We've only seen the third one and this one. At least in the third one, they utilized Cat Williams' character. Like, when Cat Williams shows up as the the head of the pimp store... Money Mike. You never forget him. Hold on, wait a minute, let me put some pimpin' in it. And he's in the movies the whole time after that. Like, you never let go of him. But Pinky, for instance, who's an uh, an equivalent character, like the owner of this shop that's very important for part of the film. Who's got this, like, reveal shot of, like, you don't even see his face for. Yeah, and he's rich and elegant, and he's got this extravagant personality and his clothing. His iconic limo. He doesn't matter. He's just there to get his ass kicked slightly and then fire them, and it doesn't really motivate anything. Or and even I thought- to go further of, you have the the two women that are chasing after Day Day and uh, the one who's pregnant. They just don't know what to do with those two characters. I kind of forgot about them after some point. Then they came back for an end gag where they threw a brick through the other window in his car. And I went, oh yeah, yeah with- no joke. When she turned up at the music store, they were shooting her where I couldn't see her belly, so I kind of forgot that she was this pregnant character from earlier in the movie. You know? like, just again, I was glazing over a bit, so I was like, who's this lady? What, what's their problem? Because now she's got this new friend who wasn't in the first scene where we saw her. Yeah. So I was like, who are these two new characters? Because it's a movie where it's like constantly going, he's a new character, he's a new character, he's a new character. While, yes, in Friday After Next, they did have lots of characters but they constantly utilize them like damon played by terry cruz introduced in the first five minutes and he's prominent throughout the movie so is his mother and you remember those two characters very prominently because it's terry cruz shirtless with damon tattooed on him and he's squeezing them so hard that his pecs are flexing and choking them and remember that yes yes well here it's just like what could I tell you about the pregnant lady other than she would just come into scenes and be like, I'm crazy, and then that's it. Yeah, it was this really bizarre thing, because, like, after, you know, we first see her and we're in Day-Day's room, the ones in his room, he's talk. it's a very long scene of exposition where, but he's talking so quickly that I'm missing details. Like, I did hear, like, oh, there's there's some fat lady, something about a fat lady. <laughs> and then when, you know, the two turned up and I saw the one that wasn't, in earlier in the film, like, oh, she's a bit thicker than the other one. That must be the fat lady. I, I don't know what her deal is, but yeah, that's that's her, and she's meant to be scary. Like, that's all I really knew when I saw them. And with Pinky, he really literally was a one-scene one. He turns up to the store, he goes in, and that's it. Yeah, obviously there's stuff that happens And there, when you but- say wonder, that usually indicates, like, they were really good. One-scene one, one scene character. Yeah. But, but like, one of the <laughs> lines, when he's got the gun pointed at him- and he's like, oh, the safe combination is this. I thought that was a setup because the film's about, like, money. money. <laughs> I was like, oh. And then when he had the plan to, like, oh, let's rob those guys who might be doing something, I was like, okay, that's going to fail. Then he's going to remember Pinky and then they're going to go back to the store, which they right? established. And no. You're writing a script. Yeah. <laughs> Because the other problem I have with this is- I'm finishing and, the and, script. Uh, no, no, you're writing a better script. One of the problems I have with this is- if this is similar, like, the vibe I get from the first Friday movie is it's kind of a, 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 a vibe movie, like a hangout film, you're enjoying a day in the life of these characters, and there's a loose plot. Mm. This film either needs to have way more of what you just did, like way more of payoffs and setups and whatever, like Friday After Next, or it needs to have way less and be far more of a look at these actors play these funny characters just chilling out and vibing and bouncing off of each other. But it was that awkward middle ground in which there's slightly too much plot happening for me to enjoy just the scenes of them riffing at one another. 
Do you know what I mean by that? Did you have that sensation at all? Yeah, I did. It's like when you even think of our main character, Ice Cube, Craig, um, the the literal physical journey of him throughout the film, if I'm not mistaken, is he's at home, he gets in Mm -hmm. the car, he gets driven to his uncle's place. A lot of stuff happens there. He goes to the record store. He comes back to his place, and then there's back and forth between his him place and the, and the neighbor. And it's like, you know, saying it out loud, there is a bit of stuff going on there. But you know, when you fill in all the gaps of like what happens at all, then there's just a lot of meandering, right? And the most pathetic thing in the film, absolutely abysmal to me, absolutely atrocious. The girl, the love interest where we have to throw in the sexy girl. It was just so poorly handled. She's not, she's a non character. The actress has, what, two credits before this film? And no offense, you can kind of tell she's not the greatest actress. There's no real connection between her and Ice Cube, and there's no real conflict either. Again, drawing comparisons to the third film. Similar thing. He falls in love with a woman he cannot obtain because she's in a relationship of some sort with an antagonist. But that antagonist was Money Mike. And it was kind of funny and weird. And there was a back and forth there. There was a comedic back and forth. While here, it's she's the sister of this loser. Of the, the Joker brothers. Yeah, and... The what's stopping Ice Cube is a dog occasionally that will just not do much to him. Like the film, you know what this is? We kind of mentioned this when we did uh what was that recent Ice Cube movie we did? Oh, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Ice Cube has an ego, clearly. He has some ego to him. Uh he definitely has an image he wants to maintain. And in movies, he wants to have comedy because his music is where he's serious and movies is where he brings laughter to us but there is this element of like he doesn't want to be too silly like he doesn't want to make himself too much of a fool and here i was wanting him to be more of a butt of jokes in terms of like i wanted the dog to bite his ass i wanted him to fail more but we can't have that he's got to be the cool one Not to say that there aren't moments of him being a fool or engaging in tomfoolery or anything like that, but uh, there was too too many moments in the script where it it felt as if, no, no, we can't have me looking like that. We can't have the dog one-up me. Yeah, they I have to get on the car and ruin Day-Day's car, but I'm cool and I hit him with the belt and and I got to imagine the girl lap dancing and- He's like, oh, I'll destroy my car and are we there yet? This one will do Mike Epps's one. Yeah, Mike Epps's car. <laughs> but what do you think about the, the the female character, the romantic angle in this? Because that was a strong part of the third film as well, with the girl who worked mm. at the, the pimp store, who was like the girlfriend of Money Mike. Like, that was far more prevalent. With this one, obviously... She existed to serve the purpose that you that you described. Like, oh, she's related to uh, the, I guess, the antagonists of the film. They mm-hmm. get firmly put into that camp at the very end because mm-hmm. they needed money. Um, and I, I was with the film in the sense of like, okay, you're going for some sort of romantic thing. You know, this is a silly film. Let's just go with it. Um, and I was fine for most of it. Then when the film ended, I'm like, oh, that really didn't go anywhere, did it? I actually almost yeah. forgot about her. Like, obviously, she has the scene when they're in the house where it's like, oh, something's happening here. Um, they have a moment. He leaves. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what happens next time they meet. But then after she leaves, like when when Mike Epps and Roach mm. are being taken, she doesn't come back. And it's just really awkward to think back on. It is something that exists because... Well, that's what happens in movies. Yeah. You gotta have the chick and you gotta have the romantic angle to the story for some reason. Why? Did it add anything here? Could you have removed her and would it have added would it have removed like would it have taken away from the quality of the Ryan, film? Are you trying to tell me that Ice Cube's gonna be a movie and he's not gonna get the, a chick? Yeah, a hot chick. Yeah. A hot chick. Uh you're right. I take it back. <laughs> Did he get a hot chick in 21 Jump Street? 
Uh, I know that in 22 Jump Street, he has a daughter, so he must have in the past, yeah. Okay. <laughs> must have in the past. <laughs> I, well, he has a daughter, so the, the mother must be hot. I just <laughs> lost my patience with this. But to go to some positives, and again, there's these positives are marred with... This could have been better. This could have been leaned into more, explored more. One of my favorite scenes was when the dad had to pull over and use the toilet and he opened it up and it was somebody he knew. And yeah, that may be a reference to a character from the first film, as you mentioned, but I actually like that because one of the things that I do enjoy about these two Friday movies is a lived-in world yeah, quality in the which there's a community and living in the city myself, I don't get to experience that type of bumping into acquaintances like I did in my hometown. Like so in my hometown in rural Australia, there was always an eight times out of ten when I went into town, I was gonna randomly bump into somebody I know. And I wasn't necessarily going to expect to see that person. And maybe I've bumped into that person in a strange situation and or location, like a toilet. Like, there's been times where I go to, uh, in my hometown, I go, oh, I'll go to McDonald's or whatever. And then I go to the toilet and, oh, I'm bumped into, why, isn't it weird to bump into the vice principal of my school at the McDonald's toilet, right? <laughs> yeah. So I really did enjoy that little moment where it was like this back and forth and it's like this awkward thing in which the dad has to do a really nasty shit but this guy's just done a really nasty shit and they start out antagonistic but then they're like hey it's you what are you doing here the guy's like trying to explain his reasoning for being (laughs) here but the dad's not having it i even like the build-up to the scene in which it was a piece of adr but i loved it so much when the dad goes into the, the 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 gas station and he says, I don't want to buy no hubcap. And then he's like, oh, all right. And then you see he walks out and the key's attached to a hubcap. And I was like, okay, that, that was nice. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that. Or he, a scene I really thought was funny. It actually made me laugh a little was when, when uh, he was getting the message from uh, the place he was getting his hot sauce Oh, at. right, yeah. And he's bickering back and forth with the person that threw his money at him and it's all on the ground and he's just like, why did you do that? Why did you do that to me? Like, he's genuinely hurt. Like, why the what the fuck did I do for you to disrespect me so much? And why, like, and why am I having to collect this money off the ground? And why are these dogs out now? What, what happened? And, I, and I, did- I loved it because... His story was he was just having a normal day and for some reason there's all these forces that he doesn't know about causing conflict for him and he's just like, why is this happening to me? It's like, did Debo factor in the fact that he would, you know, have this distraction time to get into the van? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And or, see, that was my favourite story because I love that actor, but I also love, it was the most absurd Like, it played into cartooniness, such as him driving on the highway, trying to constantly pull over and asking people to help him because he needs to do a shit. And the policeman goes by and he's like, wait, 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 help me. (laughs) And then in the back listening to it, being like, I, that was the humor that I enjoyed in this the most because it was the most absurd. It was the most ludicrous with a charming actor delivering it all by himself. This is just, look at this actor do it on his own. While to me, the scenes that I kind of glazed over were the the duologues and then the and the scene with three people just kind of back and forth riffing, just, hey, man, I'm at the music store and Roach is here. Hey, Roach, what are you doing? Why the fuck do I give any care about Don't Roach? Don't pay attention. This is black people problem. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I, I, it just didn't really gel with me, that stuff. I, I did prefer, like, the wacky family members' one-on-one stuff, like his uncle and his new girl, and that was very amusing to me. Uh, like, when they were smoking their cigar joint and how it just, like, knocked the uncle the fuck out, and then Ice Cube just like, eh, whatever, this is what we find for me. And then like, nope. That was amusing to me because it was a lot more- And just more... the escalation of how kinky they get. Oh, and how kinky <laughs> they get as well. That was very funny. <laughs> when 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 Day Day went up to him and he had the, the gimp mask on and he had to get subtitles. <laughs> that was, a good, that was a good joke. Yeah. Remind me of Austin Powers. <laughs> like, Austin Powers would do that joke for sure, right? There were yeah, some probably. moments where it's like, oh yeah, Austin Powers type era humor here, mm. and some of like the absurdity. 
Uh, what were some humorous moments for you that stood out? Um, in a sort of different way with the the Joker brothers, they. <laughs> I like their gag names, where one of them's called, like, Baby Joker. Yeah, they're, like, progressively younger jokers. <laughs> um, they reminded me a lot of, and this is more of an Australian thing, like, Paul Fennec stuff, like pizza. That pizza yeah. and houses and stuff. Just these really over-the-top, aggressive, but kind of small characters, like, especially the main one. Oh, yeah, with the, with the beanie over his- Yeah, just, like, he had little lines here and there, just, like- you know, made me laugh. I don't know, like when he was when he was freaking out of a, a door being locked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a trauma. <laughs> he went into. I don't even remember what he said, but it was just something like, "I don't like dark locked doors." <laughs> he almost had a fit right there. I personally loved when they would get like their big thug rats and whatever, but then when they would all unilaterally become really concerned about something in a very over-the-top manner, such as when Ice Cube hit the dog, and mm. they react very <laughs> poorly to it. They're like, you hit that dog? How could you do such a thing? He's got a scar now. That is un- You can't hurt animals. <laughs> <laughs> he had some line about, like, he's scarred for life now, but then the dog is the same. Yeah, the yeah. He's, just, he's just full of shit. Yeah. Or, like... Why is there white stuff on my pants? It's because the dog came on his yeah, pants. So, I don't know. I think just yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And hearing a character like that even refer to yogurt was amusing to me. <laughs> this guy would never refer to yogurt. <laughs> right? There's some characters like that where yeah. you just don't expe- expect to hear them say stuff like that. Uh, they also remind me of Grand Theft Auto type characters. Yeah. Like, they're, they're specific type of humor. Like, that really They're the feels Hispanic like gangsters, yeah. The Hispanic gangster comedy characters in those games, where it's like, ha, ah, look at the dumb ones. That's what it made me, like, in a side quest. Mm. Especially in, like, GTA 4 or 5 uh, gave me that type of vibe. But uh, any other moments that stood out to you? Um... In terms of like a little moment, like the scene where uh, Ice Cube was getting high with his uncle and mm. the, the girl, when the uncle said the thing about like, oh, you know, on the moon, there's no gravity, you can get high forever mm. or something like that. And then there's like this long pause and then they start laughing. Mm. Like for some reason that kind of got to me. It was like, oh, that, that felt like a kind of genuine little moment. Yeah, you can tell they were improvising there. That, yes. jump, it's the only time there are jump cuts in the movie. I could tell from <laughs> I could tell from when when the girl like took the really long hit and Ice Cube was like you know com- commentating over it. I'm like, oh, this reminds me of like the bloopers from uh, what was that movie with Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand? Um, mm, the Guilt Trip. The Guilt Trip. Like when we saw the the bloopers in the credits of that film, and it's like, oh yeah, there's just a bit of commentating happening here. It feels very improv-y. Like that mm-hmm. scene felt like that kind of. Yeah, uh, again, it keeps coming back to John Witherspoon and how funny he was. The fact that he had shit on his back throughout the entire runtime of this <laughs> film. And at the very end, when he got up from, like, he was sitting in one of the chairs on the uncle's, in the uncle's house, he had all these newspapers stuck to him because they news- put newspapers <laughs> on the on the uh, chair so he wouldn't stain it. And I thought that was a nice detail. Again, this film isn't lazy per se, but there are like great moments of detail like that and i wish it was more consistent that's the thing this movie is lacking a consistency it is lacking consistency in utilizing its cast of characters it's lacking consistency in its tone its pacing is rubbish this is a rubbishly paced comedy film it's way too slow Hmm. way too slowly paced for a film of this of this nature uh it's like although i hated this film I would I would say that this should have been more in line with Dude Where's My Car in terms of like its pace. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, that scene's like place to place to place to place. And that yeah. yeah, and that has a large variety of characters and it knows how to play with them, even though I didn't like it when I rewatched it for this. Even Bubble Boy, right, where that has mm. like all these absurd things. Heck, I think there should have been a movie in which you could have made this technically a road trip movie of him going from one side of the city to the other, mm. kind of falling down style. I de- definitely, when I was watching the film, like I, I said before that I didn't remember too many details from 
Friday after next. But one of the like locations that really sticks in my mind is that whole strip of shops. And I was like, the Holy Moly Donut Shop. Yeah, and just remembering like, oh, there's a lot. There were a lot of locations there. There was a lot Mm. of space. It made sense for characters to come and go. Mm. So when we went to the record shop and I saw that it was on like a strip of shops. I was thinking to myself, like, oh, okay, th- this is this maybe this is where the movie starts because you mentioned before, like the whipping the dog thing, the guys mm-hmm. reacting. I remember one of my first few laughs was around then. I think it was yeah, the whipping of the dog and their mm-hmm. reactions. And around then, like, I started laughing at a few jokes here and there. I'm like, okay, maybe this is the point where like the movie starts for me. You know, like some people talk about a film like uh, Siskel and Ebert when they were talking about like the the Fanucci brothers, like once in they, Oscar, yeah. yeah, once they. Sorry, yes, in Oscar. Once they came in, like, we were really on board with the film for the rest of it, and we really loved it. Like, I thought maybe that's where the film was going there. No. Went there, and then I was like, oh, no. We, it's just at the record shop. It's meandering. Pinky comes in. He's a character. But then they leave. And then they leave. And then they leave. That's just, like, how a lot of it... And then they leave. I guess I dismissed the two girls also come, but, yeah. No, just... Yeah, no, nah, I didn't enjoy this. Unfortunately, I am a purist of the Friday films. Obviously, <laughs> I prefer the third one over the second, and the purist. first one is not good enough for me to watch right now. Apparently, <laughs> spite, spite, spite. Do- Ice Cube. Do you know, it doesn't even have Mike Epps. I heard. I actually didn't like Mike Epps in this movie. I thought he was much better in the third film I, as well. Yeah. I, I I didn't get his purpose here. I I. One again, you were he saying... was weirdly too uh, aggressive and slightly too competent as a character. Like I needed him to be more of a dumbass, which is what they do in the third movie. They make him dumber in a funnier way. Like the back and forth between him and Ice Cube in this movie were it was kind of watching two straight men talk to each other because his character wasn't goofy enough for me yeah but but what you were saying earlier about how you wanted the ice cube to be the butt of the jokes it felt like they put all of the energy of who can be in the butts of the jokes and they gave all of ice cubes potential energy to mike epps because you know it's his car's getting ruined Mm. his house is gonna be gone his car is getting more and more destroyed as the film goes on. Yeah, it's more about his stakes rather than anything. I, I mean, Ice Cube doesn't even know that the villain's after him in the whole movie. He just assumes that will happen, but he doesn't know for a fact. Well, like, like, like he doesn't know that they know where he is. Mm. That doesn't happen to the uh, very uh, end. Yes, he doesn't know that part yet. That's like, true. It's not concerning him at any point. Like, after mm. he's done with them in the very first 15 minutes... He has no concern about that. Well, Ryan, his concern is that he had to leave the hood to this nice house. Yeah, with the pool that they don't, you know. <laughs> the jacuzzi. That they don't swim. Yeah. And infamously, as we got taught in Surf Ninjas, those of my generation do not surf. Yeah, Ice Cube's part of the generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, if, uh, uh, oh, what was that guy's name? I'm forgetting that. Uh, Tone Loke? If he was in this. <laughs> And he was his character from Surf Ninjas. And he came in and he referenced his time in <laughs> Surf Ninjas where he's like, hey, guys, I just got back from this crazy adventure and no one wanted to listen to him. Took him a few years, but he got back home. He got back. No, yeah, well, he was a leader there. And he's like, hey, guys, I got back. And let me tell you about knives. <laughs> <laughs> You're dealing with gangsters. Oh, you should see ninjas. Oh, oh, if one of the shops they visited was like a butcher's shop and he was just behind there and he's got all of these different knives. <laughs> and he's just talking about knives all the time. <laughs> that would have been amazing. And Rob Schneider keeps coming back <laughs> to criticize his knives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have nothing else to say about next friday i thought it was an absolute wet fart i just didn't get it and for a stoner comedy could have had more you know pot use in it honestly i I was expecting far more usage of being high in this as well it was very lackluster in that in that in that campus in it as well ryan slewinski 2022 more pot please (laughs) yeah yeah, because it's like, okay. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. You come into, and I said that about uh, uh, Dude, Where's My Car? You know, for a stoner comedy where they don't actually really get stoned all that often, it's kind of annoying. But bring that, it back, Cheech it, and Chong, you know? Maybe you come to a Cheech yeah. and Chong, they're going to have a lot of pot jokes and they're not pussyfooting around. Maybe something about the early 2000s Hollywood, I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're restricting you. 
Mm. You're restricting you. You're not allowed. You got to leave. You got to leave it for they Euro need, They trip. need Davo from Fat Pizza. They need Davo from Fat Pizza. Yeah, they got the, the stoner humor will be left for. Uh, what was that fucking awful James Franco movie? Oh, uh, Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. There you go. Okay. Leave it for that. Yeah, I remember liking that film. That's fine. You can be wrong. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, as we know, a huge Jane Franco fan on this pod, as well as a good Seth Rogen fan. Uh, hence, I love their team up together in the Green Hornet for that one scene where James Franco played it like he was from the 1920s for some reason. But Pineapple Press, uh, just too many, too many, too much for them. I think I only saw it once on a school trip, and I was the only Ooh, one who didn't trip. find it amusing. Yeah. It's like Ryan, uh, 2005. No more weed, please. This, the film's not from 2005. What am I talking about? I, you could, yeah, you're wrong. I don't know when it's from. I'm going to guess 2008. But, Somewhere uh, thereabouts. The, Ryan, 2009. I only really remember the opening scene with Bill Hader as the government, like the government testing of the pot. And mm. he's like, he goes crazy. Oh, oh pot. If I just keep saying that, can somebody just eventually say, Ryan said, ooh, ooh, 2022. <laughs> right after asking for more pot, please. More, pl- more pot and plot, <laughs> plot please. please. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> more plot, please. More pot, please. Plot, pot, please. Ooh, ooh. Uh, that's it. Uh, I don't recommend next Friday. I think it sucks. I recommend Friday after next. Okay. So you are recommending the next film that we will be covering. It is one of your foreign ones, if yes. I am not mistaken. Correct. Non-American. So what are you hitting us with now? Ryan, it's time to go back to India. I, you know what, I don't know what film you're recommending, mm-hmm. but I saw one that's on, I think it's on Netflix right now that a lot of people are raving about. It's, I think it's called like triple r or double r mm-hmm. and people are raving about it and i saw it and said oh Bartek's going to recommend a bollywood film soon because this is just hit my radar so, so some reason it's going to hit it again because that's what happened last time you recommended an indian film yeah something indian related happened at that time like oh it's gonna, you know, just that's how fate works. It's gonna bring it back. I guess, I guess that's a thing for you, not for me, because I wasn't. No, no, no. <laughs> this is how it works. It's just, it, it it's come it's, upon you, me. You get the vibe, and then it transfers to me subconsciously. I guess that's that, that's how it is. Yeah, that's how it is. So, which Bollywood star are we visiting this time? Um, so I was tossing up between three films, uh, and there were, you know, positives and negatives to them. One of them was a Shadok Khan film, but I'm like, we just did one last year, so yeah. let's give it a break maybe for next year. And then I was thinking about another actor. I haven't seen too much, um, that he's in. His name is, uh, Kritik Roshan. Okay. I think I might've mentioned him way, way back in our Bend It Like Beckham episode, because I saw like a poster in one of their rooms. I'm like, is that Kritik Roshan? <laughs> Um, <laughs> and Bartek said to himself <laughs> well I said in the episode uh, he had a brief appearance in Om Shanti Om in the of Bollywood scene was he the one with the cock gun uh, no 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 that was John Abraham he was one of the ones who like on the red carpet was like oh Om Kapoor yeah I know him I guess um, and I was tossing up two films that he is in one was uh, you know, a claimed one a bit of a drama earlier on mm. but I went with the other one and the other one we uh, oh god I'm afraid go on. no 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 this is a film that I like and in fact I have said before that I liked it um, and hey Ryan remember that episode we did where we did uh, next Friday and how it was really funny that we did like the second film oh, in a trilogy oh we second in a trilogy with this we are gonna do Doom 2 not Doom 1 not Doom 1 why not Doom 1 I was thinking Doom 1 but I'm like nah I like Doom I 2 I own more. Doom 1 I know that was part of the painful so part of maybe it. I should watch Doom 1 to maybe. prepare for Doom 2 no 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 can I just say I know I've already said it on the pod and I, I will repeat this next week but I have a copy of Doom yeah. with the funniest, funniest cover I've ever seen in my life, in which is these two fucking doofuses. It's the two main characters, yeah. On a motorcycle. 
on an angle with a, a picture in the background that's on an opposite angle. And they've got sunglasses and guns. It's just the most stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I, uh, it's very I silly. I love the poster. And normally the Doom covers are a bit more traditional. traditional. Oh, but I've got the DVD of Doom too, is Well, it? how are you going to watch it, Ryan? Oh, 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 it's not on Netflix, huh? It's on- The other ones have been on Netflix. It's on Prime Video. Oh, uh, okay. I don't like the cover of this one. They look a little bit more like they're in one of those Resident Evil movies where it's like red with black latex. It's, yeah, it's a bit of like an- I mean, it's like an action series, so they have a bit oh, more of an action yeah. cover. And also the main characters oh. are to the right. Um, yeah, it's it's on Prime Video. And I figured, okay. oh, I have that. I don't know Ryan does. So I'll lend him my DVD. This is a thin DVD cover, too. So. Uh, that's how you buy DVDs of Bollywood films in Melbourne, at least back in the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> well, people. Baba's Home Entertainment and Dandenong. Doom 2 from what year is this? 2006. Oh, wow. So it's a post 9 11 movie. Awesome. Yeah, I saw this one in cinemas. Oh, with your mama? With my mum. And anyone else? Was my stepbrother there? Was my brother, my little Was brother? Was Doom 1 sure. there? <laughs> no, Doom 1 I saw on DVD. And to be honest, Doom 1, I think I might have said it in our Doom episode. It's okay, but Doom 2 was a really big step up and it was actually one of my favourites for quite a while. Whoa, wait. This movie is only 147 minutes long? This is pretty short. <laughs> this is shorter than a Marvel movie. Yeah. That, that, like, the other ones have been like three plus hours, or no, nearly three hours. Nearly, this, is, yeah. this isn't as bad. I was expecting. Yeah, a bit over two hours. Just a bit yeah. over two hours. That's not bad, you yeah. know? Two and a bit hours. Yeah. I, okay. If you do. Let's wa- see how long Doom 1 is and if I'm willing to bite the bullet <laughs> and watch them back to back to let you know my my opinion. But I, I'm not going to guarantee it because. Look, if you don't. really. Wait, 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 wait. Can we say the full title, please? Guys, next episode we're doing Doom 2 back in action. That must be a subtitle. That's what it says on it. Sorry, it's like Looney, DVD covers. Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> back in action. If if you don't want to watch the first film, basically the only thing you really need to know is that in <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so keep going, keep going. I'm laughing. The only thing you really need to know is that in the first one, the main character, the who in Om Shanti Om, we're calling him the Doom 5 guy, Abhishek. <laughs> um, he's a cop and he's like investigating, you know, a criminal and he gets like a streetwise guy to help him. And in at the end of the film, they become partners. And now in this film, they're partners. That's like all you need to know. It's a new villain in this new story, but like returning characters. That's it. What I love about the Bartex DVD, I don't know if you know this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the back. And I'm like, oh, let's read a little bit, but I can't read it <laughs> yeah. because part of it's cut off. Right, part of it's cut off. I noticed so that it's last printed night. too far on the left. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, Doom Two back in action. I'm going to put that in the description <laughs> because that's what your DVD says. I guess it does. It does. Uh, no, wait, wait, wait. It's, it's even more. You know what? There's even more confusion here. Mm. It's not just Doom Two colon back in action. It's Doom colon two back in action. Is that usual? I guess not. No. <laughs> you don't usually have. What's on the spine? Is it the same? Yeah, no. It doesn't say back in action. It just says Doom colon two. Hmm. So, wow. I'm 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 going to transcribe this. I'm going to go to Dan and I'll ask what that's about. Uh, man. This DVD that I bought 15 years ago. What's this about? They're still there. Waiting for you. It's really close to the station if they're still in business, but I think they're not. What? You're telling me that this business that sold you Bollywood DVDs wouldn't still be there? I know that it was run by a guy who's like really well known in the Indian community in Dandenong, Baba, so... Uh, Free shout out for you, Baba. (laughs) Yeah, Baba, if you're still out there, like, keep doing what you were doing. Come on the pod. Come on the pod. (laughs) Tell me about Dum. Every time my mum would go to the store, they'd recognize her. (laughs) <laughs> was it because she was the only Polish woman that would come in there? Now, that might be a factor, but yeah. That's why she went to buy all the DVDs. Because she was the only Polish woman or because they recognised her? I don't know. I, I would like it one. if your mum was just like, I would only go to there because they recognised me. <laughs> Not because of the actual movies, but it's because when I was there, Baba would say hello. And that would make me want to buy Dum. Two back in yeah, action. There was a guy working there who was like showing her which ones have the good subtitles. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's the thing too. Making sure people watch with subtitles. Mm-hmm. That's no, right. No dubbies. Sorry, no dubbies. And I'm holding myself to that. I'm holding you to that, Bartek, because sometimes on the pod we've said that and then you come in and you're like, I watched the dub. I watched it with the sub. 
sometimes. I, I'm thinking of uh, Ricky, uh, story of Ricky. You were like, you watched it with the different to me, and I was like, no, no, no. We we both watched the English dub, but I had subtitles on. And which you were, were referring to things that yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> and you're like, well, in the sub, I'm like, I'm not watching it with that fucking sub. <laughs> I have no, Ryan, the uncle was a ghost. The subtitle said so. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, people. Enjoy your Doom 2 experience in the interim. You can follow us on the social medias, Facebook and Twitter, Spit and Polish Presents, in which, Martek, you'll be very happy to hear. Twitter? That the people listened. Everybody give yourselves a round of applause. They listened to you. Whoa. They liked your, cra- your Crash Bandicoot Oh, post. really? Someone did? Four people. Oh. Somebody, I think, even retweeted. Yes, really. Somebody who liked it actually followed our Twitter. So we got a like on it, and then they followed the Twitter. Oh, So your How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying comparison to Fake Crash and Crash Bandicoot, the people heard it. They heard you bitch and whine and complain like a dirty dog, and they liked it. You should feel vindicated and validated. And now we're on the good timeline. When? Where new things are going to be created. Bartek, did you hear COVID's over? We're in the good timeline because people yes. like your Crash comparison. I'd like to thank uh, my friend Vlad when we were kids and he showed me Crash Bandicoot. You saved COVID. Yeah. You saved COVID. <laughs> you, you saved us from COVID. No, 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 no. You saved COVID. <laughs> you saved COVID from us. <laughs> Ryan had a gun pointed at COVID and fired a bullet and Vlad... Jumped in front of the bullet. (laughs) COVID was holding Vlad in its arms. Why, Vlad? Why? Vlad's coughing up blood. And his last word. He rolls down his chin and he just, and he says, Whoa! And he dies. You took the joke from me. (laughs) Yeah, you were going to do that. Okay, I'm going to follow up the joke. But he turned into an angel and didgeridoo playing. (laughs) And what was left was just a pair of shoes. But he was fine. He had two lives. Oh, yeah. 